This episode of the Italian Wine Podcast is brought to you by the new book, Sangiovese, Lambrusco, and Other Vine Stories. Researchers Attilio Scienza and Serena Imazio explore the origin and ancestry of European grape varieties in a tale of migration, conquest, exploration, and cross-cultural exchange. Hardback, available on Amazon in Europe. Kindle version, available worldwide. Find out more at italianwinebook.com. Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, my name is Monty Walden. I'm pleased to welcome Professor Attilio Scienza to the Italian Wine Podcast once again for a special focus on the many Malvasia grape varieties. Attilio is the chief scientist for Vinitaly International Academy. He's a famous vine genetics expert. This in-depth focus will be divided into two parts. And again, we will speak in Italian and then record an English language translation of each episode. Now, don't forget that you can find all the Scienza podcasts in our series, Italian Wine Essentials, both on SoundCloud and on our official website, Now, on the website, you can also find the transcripts of all episodes with Attilio Scienza in both languages, and they will facilitate your studies if you are studying wine or even oenology. Buongiorno, Professore Scienza. Welcome to this special first part in our two-part series of the Italian Wine Podcast dedicated to Malvasia. Good morning, Monty, and all the listeners of this podcast. Let's get started right away. Can you elaborate on the meaning of the name Malvasia and its etymology. Today we are going to talk about Malvasia. Malvasia is a very articulated family in this morphological manifestations of the varieties. And also, it has a very different origin. With respect to the name Malvasia, it arrived from the term monomanvasas, which in Greek means port with only one entrance. And it is the name of a place in the Peloponnese that was elevated to fame by the Venetians. When the Venetians, during the Fourth Crusade, the famous unfinished, as they are called by historians, occupied ports in the eastern Mediterranean with the excuse of bringing the Crusaders to the Holy Land, they created a series of trading posts. When they came to the Peloponnese, the Venetians realised that a very particular wine was being produced there, a wine that was described by historians of that period as sweet, aromatic and medicinal. And it is, of course, the wine that they would begin to produce even though it would never be produced in that place, but instead in Crete, as the area of Monomavasia is a stony area, and it was difficult to cultivate there. It was only the place where the vines coming from the interior of Greece were shipped from. In Crete, the Venetians developed a huge vineyard that would always produce this wine under the name of the original place, a bit like the Latin custom of naming wines by the places where they were produced. Think of Vinsanto. The name Vincento derives from Santorini, Santorino, which is the island where the Venetians stopped off on their travels to the eastern Mediterranean. The generic name Malvasia is, indeed, the biggest marketing project in the history of wine. It is the first example of a commercial interpretation, meaning from that moment, wine becomes a commodity through its name because wines with very similar characteristics that came from very different places were then given that name. 
Moreover, only the commercial power of Venice could realise a wine marketing project such as this one. So what were some of the factors that led to the proliferation of Malvasiers on the Italian peninsula? Well, the fortune of Venetian Malvasia began with the Great Cold Period of the Middle Ages. This period that lasted about four centuries goes through the history of Europe from 1300 to 1700 and is called the Small Glaciation. This small glaciation no longer allowed the production of wine of acceptable quality in Europe because the seasons were so cold and therefore the grapes could not ripen. Even if this wine was consumed by the general public, on the other hand, the nobles and the high clergy were no longer satisfied with it. Here, Venice seizes an opportunity by beginning to bring wines to Europe from a warmer region, that is, the Eastern Mediterranean, and therefore this wine would become the fashionable wine in medieval Europe. It became very famous. A couple of examples of its notoriety include the Duke of Clarence, who was the cousin of the Queen. He had been accused of treason against the royal house and sentenced to death. As a final request, he asked to be drowned in a barrel of Malvasia. This, just to give you an idea of the importance placed on the wine. Another example comes from Trento, where there is an alley called Vicolo della Malvasia, so named because those who were condemned to die had to walk through it as it was part of the route from the prison to the gallows, and it was here that they would be given a glass of Malvasia to drink before they died. Or the great Fondaco del Malvasia in Venice, this very important port where all the ships arriving with the Malvasias were sold in Europe. Venice founded much of its economy on wine at the time. Not so much the wine itself, but because the wine had a commercial value, it had a strong barter value. Wool was the primary commodity in these days. You couldn't do without it. Venice did not earn on Malvasia, but earned on wool processing. In fact, it intercepted all the oil that was produced in the Mediterranean using it to wash wool, and organised a whole series of factories to produce wool fabrics in its hinterland. That's where Venice's gains lay. Venice used Malvasia as a bargaining chip to get wool in exchange. It realised, however, that the consumption of Malvasia was very large in Europe, and they were no longer content with only having their supply where it was being produced, in the Peloponnese. So it organised this very large vineyard in Crete, where it produced and imported large quantities of Malvasia. However, in 1669, Crete was occupied by the Ottomans. Thus, Venice lost all its production area. Since you can't give that up, what do you do then? It makes sure that all the territories that it occupies politically and economically start to produce Malvasia. Istria, Dalmatia, Adriatic coast, inland Veneto, Friulano, all these begin producing Malvasia. And of course, these Malvasias were produced from the vines that did not correspond to those that were cultivated in Crete. They were very different vines. This gave continuity to the name that was the type of wine. Naturally, this means that, like Malvasia, they are the vines that have no kin relationship with each other, but which were only destined to produce a wine that had some of the particular characteristics. Of course, these Malvasias are then associated with some attributes. For example, the place, Malvasia di Candia, Malvasia di Lecce, Malvasia di Carzo, or the characteristic of the grape. Malvasia aromatica, Malvasia bianca, Malvasia nera, Malvasia rossa. Here, the spreading of this name and of these wines in a certain sense also stimulates the production of Malvasia outside the Mediterranean 
outside of Venetian control, and therefore even French or Spanish competitors start producing Malvasia. So we have a Malvasois agro grain, which is Vermentino, Malvasia d'Illusion, the Torbato, for example, is called the Malvasia d'Illusion, the Malvasia di Valais, the Pinot Grigio, the Rosé or Veltrina. Therefore, the fame of this wine becomes so important that everyone starts producing Malvasia in places where these wines are made under different names. We'll get right back to the Italian Wine Podcast after a quick reminder that this episode is made possible by the book Sangiovese Lambrusco and Other Vine Stories. Hardback available on Amazon in Europe. Kindle version available worldwide. Find out more at italianwinebook.com. Are there many types of Malvasia? And if so, how are they grouped or classified? And what are some of the disciplines that have advanced this classification? In Italy, there are 16 Malvasias. These wines are very different from each other for their morphological characteristics and also for the type of wine obtained. DNA analysis has collected these 16 Malvasia and placed them into four ecogeographic groups. What does ecogeographic mean? It means that in every European area, for example, Malvasia coming from Portugal and Spain, have genetic links only between them. Malvasia coming from most eastern areas, Greece or even Turkey, have special genetic relationships between them. So Malvasia coming from northern Europe and those coming from the Mediterranean have relationships that make them genetically similar within their group, but not between those other areas. Aromatic Malvasias, which is a particular group within these 16, are very close genetically to Moscato. For example, they have some genetic characteristics that make them close to Moscato, so of course they are probably derived from a selection of Moscato and recall their sensory profile with their terpenes. Some types of Malvasia seem to go by many names. Can you give us some examples and help us to start wrapping our heads around how these varieties are really grouped? There are many Malvasias in Italy. We have two groups of Malvasia. A group of Malvasia we can say that are identical between them, and those are the Malvasia that are cultivated. However, throughout the Mediterranean there is a resounding case of honimony, because when we talk about Malvasia di Sardinia, or Malvasia Dubrovnik, which is a locality on the Dalmatian coast, or Sitges, which are these Malvasia grown in Spain, or Madeira, or the Canary Islands, or Lipari, or Greco di Bianco, we can say that it is the same variety. This same variety in different places gives rise to a wine quite similar in aromatic characteristics. It is not very aromatic compared to the more aromatic Malvasia, but it is almost always a wine that has characteristics of sweet wine, obtained by drying grapes, sometimes on racks, on drying racks, and sometimes even dried on the vine. And it is interesting because this Malvasia is the same and is always cultivated near ports, and therefore it is a sea Malvasia. But that became important because the enological characteristics of this Malvasia were such that it could be transported. It was a wine that preserved well for transport, so it was produced near the port and of course its trade was facilitated. Where did the explosion of Malvasia begin? The question we have been asking ourselves in recent years is that even with molecular analysis, we want to understand the spread of these Malvasia. Probably the oldest Malvasia from which the others started is that of Dubrovnik. Dubrovnik is the origin from which Malvasia spread. 
probably because Dubrovnik was a port very close to the Venetian economic power. Therefore, Venice, when it had been deprived of Malvasia coming from Crete, started producing these Malvasia closer to home, therefore spreading the vine. And from there, with different reasons and also to create competition, these Malvasia were spread to other parts of Europe. What are the relationships between the Malvasia and other grape varieties? There are some parental relationships that Malvasia have with other varieties. For example, the non-aromatic Malvasia di Candia, which is cultivated in Lazio, in the Castelli Romani, is very genetically close to Garganega. That is, it has a very close relationship with this vine cultivated in the Veneto. Through this relationship with Garganega, it is related to Catarato, Albana, Dorona, Marzamina Bianca, Mantonico della Calabria, Sus Manuello, and Trebbiano Toscano. Thus, you can see that this Malvasia is in fact the synthesis of many Italian grapes spread from Sicily to Veneto. And therefore, very often, it was possible to get these varieties through a series of spontaneous crossings. And selections made in the different regions had the aim of keeping varieties suitable to produce alcoholic wines. Those wines that could be preserved. Here then, we have another Malvasia de Lazio, called Malvasia Rossa, red because it has a reddish bud apex. It is a very productive vine, but unfortunately it was spread in the Castelli Romani area between the two wars. It has, in a way, somewhat spoiled the quality of the Castelli Romani because it is very productive and extremely oxidative. Instead, much more qualitative is the Malvasia di Candia, which is dotted, dotted because it has small dark spots on the berries and is a natural cross between Moscato di Alessandria, Zibibbo, and Shava Grossa. So, here too, it is curious how the cross between a northern grape variety, Schiava Grossa, a variety that is currently grown in Trentino Alto Adige, but which certainly belongs to a bloodline of Danubian, Pannonian origin because it belongs to the French Gouet group, and Moscato dell'Alessandria, which is a very ancient grape variety in origin, but certainly not widespread in central Italy. Then we have a Malvasia Nera, also known as Malvasia Nera di Lecce, or di Brindisi, which is grown mainly in Puglia, together with the other varieties, together with Nero di Troia, together with Negro Amaro, but also in Tuscany in Chianti, together with Sangiovese, where it brings this aromatic floral touch. Thank you for following this first portion of our discussion on Malvasia with Professor Attilio Scienza. This concludes part one. We'll continue part two of our discussion in the next episode. Thank you, Professor Scienza, and we look forward to more on Malvasia next time. Listen to all of our pods on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and on ItalianWinePodcast.com. Don't forget to send your tweets to at Podcast. <laughs>